Hey there, Aligned You listeners. This is Dr. M here and welcome to our Aligned and Thriving season and series of interviews. I am super pumped to be sharing a series of stories and interviews with some amazing humans, people, some who I've admired from a distance for a long period of time, others who I know personally and call dear, dear friends and feel very privileged to do so. This series is designed to actually dive deeper into what allows them to truly live an aligned you and aligned you life and to be thriving, whether that's in their work life, their home life or their play life and working out truly is there common themes or is everyone different and we really do all reach our full potential in our own unique way. Enjoy this season. I've had an absolute pleasure and joy recording it. I'm your host, Dr. M, and you're listening to Aligned You, a podcast designed to assist you to truly be aligned through your body, head, and heart so you can reach your full potential in your own unique way. Hey there, Aligned You listeners, Dr. M here, and welcome to the next interview in our Aligned and Thriving interview series. I am so excited for my guest today, the beautiful Helen Marshall from Primal Alternative is my guest today, the wonderful H and I have known each other. She may correct me, I think my timeline's right. For about two and a half years, I had the pleasure of meeting H through the Wellness Couch and our connections through the beautiful folk there. And I think it's fair to say, H, we connected over a glass of wine and a steak in Kiama. But Helen has an amazing mission to empower women to be accountable to their purpose with a new business model for their freedom. And the model was born from a desire to share a successful grain feed free, put my teeth back in, try and say that three times fast, but folks, grain-free food business model. She was a health coach and she saw firsthand how people fell off the wagon as they missed comfort food staples like bread, pizza and pastries and cookies. So what better way to get around that than creating her own and actually being able to share that? I think we're nearly around the entire world now. H, I'm sure, will, uh, will correct me if I've got that a bit muddled. She's truly inspirational and I am so excited to have her on today. I'm going to share in the show notes how you can, can connect with Helen if you interested in becoming one of the primalistas or if you also want to catch her on her wonderful own podcast which I've also had the pleasure of being interviewed on so welcome to today's interview H I'm so excited that we're getting the opportunity to catch up yay um it's so cool it's so cool to be here and we did we did connect over a steak and a glass of wine <laughs> which is very unwellness ever. for us to say I don't think so. No, you, you actually, um, I, going to those events was really good because I thought it was going to be, you know, full of really healthy people that didn't drink and, um, and that kind of thing. And, and I was really relieved when you got up and went and ordered a glass of wine and you set the tone for, um, for what was acceptable and what wasn't. I was like, oh, thank God for that. Well, I think probably. Oh, yeah. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick us both up on our language in that moment in the sense of it's one of those beautiful things where for me now and the definition of health and wellness, which perhaps we'll touch on today, is about balance and not about denying ourselves things if our bodies can tolerate it. And one of the beautiful things that I... I surround myself with is is humans that look at health and wellness in the same way. There's definitely a balance uh, and being aware of what we're putting into our system. So I'm looking forward to finding out more about what what drove you into the business that you've created that's been uber successful and it's been such a pleasure to watch it grow and be so successful over the last couple of years. Because when we first met, how long had you been running Primal Alternative for? Because that's two and a half years ago. So how long has it been running now? 
Well, the license has been, it's coming up to four years on wow. Boxing Day, which is the day after Christmas. Yeah, so it's coming up to a four-year primiversary. I like to make up all of my own words. Um, <laughs> Nothing wrong with words. that. <laughs> um, but before I licensed the model, I was doing it myself. I was producing the products for about 18 months. So I think this is like the sixth year Wow. of the actual brand and it started off you know like pretty crappy and pretty average and now I have to say I'm very proud of what we've got it's pretty slick and professional and well trusted well known and um, endorsed by a lot of the um, movers and shakers in the wellness industry which is phenomenal so really cool that's so cool well, that's probably a great place to start then our interview today because the premise of this particular interview series is to talk about pe- talk with people that I think are super successful in their work, life and play and finding out what A, inspired it to begin with, but then also as your business has become, as you put it, slick and successful uh, with so much heart behind it is how do you stay in spirit and enjoy and in play throughout your life? You've got a busy life with a family that you're running in is it south, south, southern Western Australia, isn't it? I've got my geography right. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. In quite, in quite regional WA, is what, what inspired you to actually start the, the business itself before you got into the whole licensing side of it? Yeah, sure. Great question. Well, Thank I you. guess it comes I try, into I do the... try, H. <laughs> you, you're pretty experienced at this, hey? Good. Um, right. Okay. So, uh, so it's it's a great question, and it, it it addresses my three main values in my life, which are my health and the health of my family, uh, my vocation. So, you know, I've come from uh, a fitness instructor background, which was awesome, but the hours and the pay were crap. And then I worked in corporate and the pay was good and the hours were good, but the environment was toxic as fuck and really, uh, you know, contributed to me in my health crisis. And the third value I've got, which is being at home. I'm a real homebody. I'm a big homemaker and my family, you know, like home and family, those are um, sort of intertwined for me. And so for me, creating this business was um, it, it answered all of those three, it, you know, it met all of those um, values so that my, my days could be filled with high priority activities. So when you said, you know, before, you know, you're busy, you've got a family, da, 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 even though, you know, my business is bigger and more successful than it ever has been, I've got, I never feel busy. Like, I feel like I've got more time to do the things that I want to do, you know, like organize my kids' social life and be there at the school play and be there for the sports carnivals and pick up for ballet and horse riding and all that kind of thing and make yummy food because health and um, real food is a, is a core value, as I mentioned. So I feel like I've got more time to do all those things because I've cleared out all of the low priority things that aren't of value to me and outsource those to somebody else who's good at those things so I can concentrate on doing the things that I'm best at. And I think that that really is one of the keys to being fulfilled and loving every single day, waking up every single day and thinking, oh my God, how exciting I'm doing this, this and this today, going to bed, totally what a great successful day I've had and knowing that you can wake up and do the same thing tomorrow. That's so cool. I love many things that you said there and 
it uh, is inspiring to hear in terms of particularly the attachment to your three highest values is how you've actually set work up and around and and I, I I've loved that and it's how I, I design my life too and and the people it's interesting with the people that I'm interviewing how often that become has come through as a regular theme one of the things I'd love to touch on Helen and maybe you can share about it is you mentioned that you're never feeling busy now. At what point did that tip over to where you feel like you had it all under control? Because the business has been going for six years now. Uh, I'm guessing at the start, maybe it felt, and I could be wrong, please correct me if I am, at, at some points it feels a little bit chaotic when we're in a startup because we've kind of got to wear all the hats. At what point did you notice that it was really shifting into the stage where you could be focusing purely on those high priority activities and actions? Yeah, look, I think that's a great question again. Um, and I think that, that, that it's, it's because it's when you become, it's not, I think it's, like a, it's a gradual process. And the more that I have, so, so I find my biggest investment in my business is investing in my personal growth because oh, I love um, the, the more that I develop my, you know, knowing my values, for, let's say, um, the more I can be more of better of better service to my business and, and, and my producers and our community and our influencers and, and everybody else that's involved, right? Um, so I think that it's been, it's been a gradual process. And you, you're dead right, Em. You know, at the beginning, you know, you're, I was baking and promoting the license. I was doing all my own Facebook advertising, all my own, um, you know, all my own promotion. Uh, I was, you know, kind of haphazardly doing my own books and all that kind of thing and it was mental and I think that once you realize that your, what your core strengths are and the things that are just dead easy for you like so for me it's interviewing you know like my my corporate career was a recruiter I interviewed people women for 10 years and prior to that I worked in the health industry and that was a lot of interviewing. What are your goals? What are you wanting to achieve? Why do you want to come to the gym? You know, it was all this. And I've, you know, a podcaster. So I've, um, you know, been interviewing. Just that is something I just love to do. So I could interview all day, every day and not be tired, you know. So that's, uh, that's where I focus my energy on as well as cheerleading and supporting the Primalista producers. So that's the, the women who actually in their home kitchens, baking the primal alternative products and getting it out to the community. So that's my sort of two, the two things that I do. And then as the business has grown at first, you're like, I don't want to pay for someone to do this for me. And you, and then you try and nut it out yourself. And, and what I find is when you know that you're not working in your zone of genius, it's the jobs that just take forever and they're like soul destroying and you feel like throwing things at the computer screen because it's just hard for you. But when you outsource it to somebody else, they get it done like in an hour and you're like, oh my God, you're amazing. And meanwhile, you've been able to, you know, perhaps generate income from doing what you're good at. And then you can then go on to afford to outsource certain things. I don't have any staff. Um, that, you know, everybody that works for me now is on a contract basis. Um, but yeah, I've pretty much outsourced everything that I find to be time consuming and, and kind of makes your brain go all foggy. Those are the things that no, I don't want to be working on those. And then that frees me up to do more things. So I guess to answer the question, what, when was the tipping point? I don't think there was a certain day or a month or a time where I was like, right, that's it. I feel like it's something that I've retrospectively looked back at and thought, 
hey, I've got loads more like white space in my day, you know, like, and I'm a big schedule, I am, you know, so I reckon, I believe if it's not in the schedule, it's not going to happen. And when I talk about a schedule, I'm not just talking about scheduling, you know, meetings like this with you. I'm talking about scheduling in um, a coffee with my bestie every, every Wednesday, my Pilates classes, my Zumba class, um, the day I take my daughter to school and we hang out and we have a bit of a girly morning. Like all of that is in my schedule so that every week um, I'm, you know, doing all the things that I love to do. And I think when it's all in there, there's less of that time, you know, that backwards and forwards, let's meet for a coffee. Oh, when's good for you? Oh, I'm not sure. Oh, it's been ages. Oh, we never caught up. Uh, you know, it's all taken care of. If you've got things just locked in, like I'll just see you every Wednesday, quarter to nine after school, drop off for a coffee. It's done. It's in, you know, that's, I guess that's the best way to answer that question. I love it. We're such kindred spirits when it comes to this stuff. There was a, a recently a, a friend was talking about how unscheduled they were and I actually had a physiological response to the particular conversation <laughs> because I'm like, sorry, what? I, I have, I, I do work between multiple diaries and systems, but it's just how it works in practice. But I, I'm, I'm very scheduled and now I consider any of that self-love time, which you were describing, as part of my work. And again, if it's people often will say, and you perhaps get this too, H, is that, oh, you seem to have so much time, but you get so much done. It's like, it's because it's in the bloody book. Uh, and so it frees yeah. up that, as you said, that white space time, which, which I love. How scary was it, H, when you first launched the Primalista licenses? So what was the, what was the lead up to that? And, and how scary was it? Or was there fear around it? Or were you just big, brave and bold when you launched yourself out into the community? Oh my God. It was scary as scary. Can you say fuck? fuck. It's okay. You can Sorry. Sorry it's if there's right. any little I, children listening. It was scary. No, so I'm pretty scary. sure we don't have an under 18 listenership. <laughs> Unless it's in the car, which apologies <laughs> if you are listening to this in the car and you do have your children, but you've heard me speak before. Yes. Yeah. Maybe get your ear, earplugs out. Um, yeah, look, it was really scary. And it actually just was having that coffee with my bestie today. And she was reflecting and saying, you know, like, I think it's amazing what you've done and all those risks that you take, you know, I don't think I'd ever be able to do it. And it was just this like nice moment of like, you know, bestie appreciation, but it really was scary. And, and the funny thing about it is like, I never sat down and, and brainstormed, right. I'm going to have this empire and I'm going to have this network of producers across the world. Like I never, never set out to do that. I was really quite happy health coaching and baking and showing up at my farmer's markets and, you know, selling into the health food shops and the local gourmet pizza shop and some of the cool cafes around town. Like I felt really happy with that. I thought that was a really awesome contribution. Um, it was real food. I was at home for the family and it felt, it was something I was really, you know, really um, passionate about. And so it was, it was a great fit, but as I was uh, doing this, I was doing some personal development work and it was the first time um, my mentor had ever, anyone had ever asked me, you know, what are your values? What are your high priorities? How do you want to go through your day feeling, you know, what drains you, what energizes you? And all these like really annoying questions that I just didn't have time to answer. Right. Because I was doing all you this busy. stuff. I was busy. I was busy. And I was like, oh, how annoying. B-I-Z-Z-Y is what you were. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, but I, I do take action like a ninja. So if, if my mentor says do this, then I do it. I am a good student. So I answered these fucking annoying questions, right? And that was over the weekend. Fill out this boring form and I was like, Ugh, what's the point? This woo-woo stuff. And anyway, I filled it out and that was over the weekend. And then 
on the Tuesday, I remember exactly the, the, the time it was on Tuesday and it was just, just sat at the kitchen table and it was one of those moments in between thoughts, you know, like one thought's finished, but the other thought hasn't come yet. And there's a gap, right? And there's this gap and this idea dropped in and it was, you need to license this business model. So other people like you who want to, who love baking, they want to have a career in the wellness industry, but they don't want to develop a brand and reinvent the wheel. You've done all the hard work, share it, get this food out to more people. And I was like, oh my God, I was like, are you serious? Oh my God, I can't do this. And I remember it was uh, the same day I was going for the same coffee with the same bestie. We've been doing it for years. And I was also having the session with the mentor that asked the fucking annoying questions. And I was having a massage with a, another friend who's really inspirational. And I met these three women. And if I'd have met an, another combination of people, and if they'd have said, you know, who do you think you are? Yeah, right. You're going to license your business model. <laughs> Good luck with that. Or if they'd have said, who do you think you are? You know, all the voices that were already in my head, if any of them had said that, then I wouldn't have done it. But all of them said, fuck yeah. Oh my God. What an amazing idea. You've got to do it. And so it became, to me, it was like something that had, you know, been intuitively guided. It was a inspiration from outside of me. And I felt like it was, um, like my, my, um, my purpose or my, my duty to manifest it in the world. And I really believe that if I hadn't been the person who'd done it, somebody else would have done it and there would be a, something similar like this out there now. But I, I took it. I had no fucking clue how to license a business. Um, but I knew like what the first couple of steps I had to take were. So I just took those couple of steps. And then once I'd taken those steps, the next right steps appeared. So my point is, I didn't know exactly how it was going to look, but I just knew that I had to do it and trusted that if this intuition could give me that idea, then of course it was going to be holding my hand the whole way through and guiding me along the way. And so that's what I did. And I think that cleaning up your diet and clean up, you know, your household products and what you roll under your armpits on the morning and what you shower your body in, just cleaning all of that up so that there wasn't any of that brain fog, distortion, headaches, aches and pains. It helps you to be a lot more of a clearer channel for the intuition because we all got it, right? I'm not special. Mm -hmm. We've all got an intuitive guide. And I think that when you clean that up and fuel your body with good fats instead of burning on sugar and kind of having that brain fog and you can't think straight because all you want is your next foot, your next meal. I think that that coupled, you know, together really uh, was a really awesome catalyst for me to, to go out and do it. And like I say, I was really scared. I've been scared all the time, but I'd rather find out what's going to happen than die wondering. And I think that quite often, um, your, your, your perceived worst case scenario is never as bad as, you know, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? I'm like, well, what's the worst thing that's going to happen if this goes wrong? It's like, well, I've, I'll have wasted five grand on a website, um, but I'm sure I'll have learned a heck of a lot of things along the way around business, my own personal development, sales, marketing, how to write a license agreement, you know, all these are the skills and software skills that I had to learn and Facebook advertising and all that kind of thing that I'd learned 
Um, I'm going to, I'm going to gain that, but I might lose five grand. And that's the worst case scenario. Can I live with that worst case scenario? It's like, yes, I can. Right. Well, well let's do it. So much gold in what you've just been talking about for the Aligned You listeners. I mean, number one is what screams at me so beautifully and gently is how awake you were to the intuition and the thoughts that were coming. Some would say from universe, depending on where you believe these particular things come, source, universe, God, whatever, whatever your belief system is Aligned You listeners, but that you're awake to that H and that you actually ran with it. Because I love what you said as well, is if you hadn't, potentially somebody else would have. Uh, and, and I've heard multiple people speak about or the way it gets described in different ways, but whether it's a tap on the shoulder, that inner voice, but perhaps that message is getting sent to multiple people at once and it's who actions at first and, and has the, the cojones to actually run with it. And, and I was going to ask you about what the worst case scenario was, but you, you brought it up anyway, which it's one of the ways that I make decisions and get on with things when things seem scary is, is to go, well, what's the worst that can happen? It's a bit like when I think we might have had this conversation conversation about speaking in public where you're like do you get nervous I'm like no and you're like really and I said no well what's worse that can happen I fall over it's not gonna kill me like I'll fall over I'll make a joke about it um and it's it's amazing when we start to get out of our own way what can actually what can actually come to fruition I'd love to know a little bit about you mentioned your health crisis earlier H um are you happy to share a little bit with our listeners in terms of what that health crisis was and why you made the changes that you made. Uh, I know lots of people like to talk to you about food. It's not so much to talk to you about the food side of things, but what was your big why other than the values? What had happened that was a catalyst to, to shift how you were looking after your own health? Yeah, look, the big catalyst was I wanted to stop, stop feeling sick. You know, I, I had just had chronic nausea, you know, that queasy, even the word queasy, makes you feel queasy because everybody knows exactly how it feels. It's like you don't actually vomit, but you just feel queasy. And when you feel queasy, you don't feel like going out in the car. You don't feel like going, you know, exploring the world. You just want to stay in and you just want it to be nighttime again so you can go back to sleep and it, the day's over. I mean, and that's, that's pretty much where I was, where I was at. And um, it was really um, confronting because, you know, like I said, I'd worked in the health industry. I was a healthy person. I was eating organic veggies and, um, you know, sticking to the food pyramid. Like, why was I feeling so sick? And on top of that, as well as feeling sick, I couldn't poo. So, <laughs> no, no one's just, no one's wants to be full of shit, H. No, I was full of shit. <laughs> and you know, we, we all know that anything that's in your bowel that doesn't get pooed out gets reabsorbed back in the body. So I was just a toxic mess. Mm. Um, hormones all over the place. Um, couldn't sleep, you know, not surprisingly when you've got all that going on. And um, yeah, I just used to feel completely exhausted, completely tired, but wired. And when you're in that kind of like sleep deprived, queasy place, you, and, and you have, as I had, serious gut dysbiosis, you start to have these thoughts that are, they, you know they're not your thoughts. And I used to try and, no, no, let's not go down that, you know, dark vortex again. And I'd be like, just trying to slap affirmations on it, you know, but affirmations when you're feeling like that and your gut is that screwed up, messed up, um, are just like a bandage, you know, they just don't work at all. And my brain would just go into this obsession about the kids getting sick. Like I was obsessed with it. So, oh, they're going to get gastro. It's going to be terrible. And I know no mother wants their kid to get sick, but this was really irrational. It was obsessive. I couldn't stop thinking about it. 
And I also developed a fear around flying. So, you know, I'm obviously with this accent, not Australian. I'm from the UK. I've traveled the world. Um, and I didn't fly anywhere for 10 years. I was just thinking I, your I just, accent had got quite Aussie over since I last saw you. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> no, I'm just <laughs> teasing. <laughs> I was going to say, really? You're the only no. person that said that from my family. <laughs> Back although, home, my although, son really although, although I know it can get, I know it can get, uh, get more uh, a thick when you put it on. Yeah, it does. Yeah, and then when I've had a glass of wine, well, I just go back to my back to my mother tongue. But it, yeah, it, so, it reminds so that, me of when we went out for dinner in Sydney. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, so yes, yeah, so that that was my big why, and I was just on the couch one night obsessing about the kids getting sick, and my husband was saying, "Oh my god, my god, girl, you know, like, why are you talking? Why are you talking about this? Why you, you just stop? I just want you to be better, eh? I don't want, like you feeling like this." And and I just kind of blurted out that I, I needed to go gluten free, and I was like, "Oh, do I?" And then I just thought, "Well, let's give this gluten free thing a crack." So I did, and anything one thing led to another. When you start googling gluten free, it's not long before you find, you know, paleo, um, primal, and so luckily for me, I found food as as my medicine, and just as a more of a sort of a backstory, my childhood was a lot of antibiotics. Um, and yeah, a lot, a lot of grains and, and I'm gluten intolerant. So that's why I was feeling sick all of the time. And it was, wasn't very long at all, but from ditching grains, industrial seed oils and sugar were the main three, uh, things that I had to get rid of. Wasn't long at all before I started to feel a lot better. Thank goodness, because I know there's still so many people out there necking anti-nausea tablets, walking around feeling like a zombie, you know, and doesn't have to be that way. And I think that brings it back full circle in terms of what we're awake to, right? Like in sense of whether you're awake to intuitive thoughts, whether it's you're awake to what we're ingesting and what we're putting into our system. And as we've spoken about earlier on today's episode, and as you and I have spoken about at length often, is that sure, we can be balanced once we're healthy and well, but I know that your circumstance, there was a time you had to be super strict as I've had in the past to get to a state where we can have a little bit more balance, getting that pendulum swinging so that it's just swinging nice and around centre is is really important. I wanted to ask you, you mentioned earlier about some of the cool endorsements you've had. How scary was it reaching out? So some pretty famous people in in the health and wellness industry to endorse your your brand. And you're allowed to drop their names if you wish to. Amazing. Like I still, you know, I still pinch myself. I'm like, oh my goodness. You know, so Joe Witten from Quirky Cooking um when I first went um you know grain free she was one of the first recommendations I got from my friends oh, check out quirky cooking she's got loads of gluten and dairy free recipes and you know her recipes are the kind of recipes that the family are going to really enjoy and eat so I was like a massive groupie um of Joe's and then um yeah just you know her 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 audience they're into cooking grain free they generally um got families and so it's a natural fit for my uh, baking license so they could do what they love doing and just sell a bit to the community and, and actually make an income from it so it was a perfect fit and um joe thought so too and, and back in 2017 she promoted me to her massive audience and um, the response was overwhelming. You know, so it, the, the idea just resonated with so many of her people. And she just, she loves the, the business model because the business model is, 
it's really it's really unique I, I still haven't found anything else that's like it. yes there's licenses and franchises out there but this is and we call this a license but it's it's a bit different in that it's very non-competitive so it's very collaborative it's very community-centric and ethical which is what Oh, Joe's like the nicest, goodest egg in the entire world, and she, and that that's what really appealed to her. That she really liked it, and um, she then said to us, "Would you like to produce some of the quirky cooking products?" So we do, uh, you know, their recipes. So we make their pastry and their um, macadamia and currant shortbread, which is divine, it's bloody delicious, and it's so good. And then you know, Pete Evans, whether you like him or loathe him, he is the paleo king. You know, I know he's doing more to save the world at the moment, um, and I love what he's doing. Um, but I just, yeah, met Peter at a few of his events, and he loved what I was doing and shared my story with his tribe, and got a big response from that. And then one day, I just thought it was another intuitive hit. Let's see if Pete wants to do a bread together. And this was about two and a half years ago now, and just emailed him, and he goes, "Yep, yeah, sounds great. Um, I want to make it nut free so the uh, kids." his daughters can take it to school. So I developed the recipe and um, got some across to him. And he said, because obviously he's a busy man, he hasn't got time to develop a recipe. And it was purely, I wanted his face on our products because that was just going to catapult the brand awareness. So I did it, made it as simple as possible. And um, Primalist Gita in Sydney got some of the nut hemp bread out to Pete and the way that Pete let me know that he loved it was he just sent me a quick email saying, bread's great, let's go. He's a man of very few words, which I love. He's really easy to deal with. And the next thing he'd put it on Instagram and tagged wow. in Primal Alternative. We hadn't even like put the product on the shop. We <laughs> I was going to say, did you have the, the product yet? <laughs> and that's what I love about being so grassroots because we can implement change straight away. So we're like, okay, the, the, okay we've launched <laughs> pete likes the bread it's out there the website crashed you know it wow. wasn't used to that much traffic so we had to upgrade which was like the funnest thing ever i wasn't stressing i was like this is brilliant the website's crashed we're making a bread with pete ever. yeah it's the best fun ever so we you know upgraded the website we got the product on the shop we just set up a back order and uh, we quickly rushed through the labels and it was like stressful for the producers but fun as well um, yeah. And then from there, he just went on to probably do a post a week, sometimes more for us. And he gets absolutely nothing in terms of the financial reward from this collaboration. So he gets a dollar royalties for each of the products that we sell and he donates that to charity. So one of the charities that he uh, is really passionate about is Under the Shade and they uh, support Indigenous Australians to remember how to eat from the land and the sea again instead of shopping at the store and educating them that you know, not everything in the store is good for you, which is so close to my heart and so aligned. And it's just amazing to think that we can contribute to that work doing what we do as well. So mind blowing. Sorry, I've gone on a bit too much. Not at all. I'm, I'm not at all. It's it's fascinating. And what I love about it and and what I I hear you speaking about whenever we've spoken H, but particularly today is how when you're aligned, uh, which is perfect for aligned you, is when you're aligned in your body, head and heart, what actually comes to you and comes to you so easily. And I love that 
you know, circumstances that other people might have looked at really as stressful moments, like when websites crash. Best thing ever is when your website crashes because you've got so much traffic going on. That's a very cool problem to have. If that's that's first world problems, right? So I love that. One of the things I, I, I really admire about what you do, and I'd love you to speak to it a little more, is why do you think it's important to give women who, um, whether they, they're wanting to work from home because it's a choice or whether it's because circumstance has it that it works out best for them because of family life or other circumstances, what... What drives you? I know you wanted to share the business, but was there a driving force behind it as to why you thought it was particularly important to empower women? Because you could empower lots of different people. You can empower boys and girls, right? But why, what in particular drove you to want to empower other women? Oh, wow. You know what? Literally in the last 24 hours, um, the pri- so the Primalist model has always been uh, my target market. My ideal- oh, have you just changed it and I've just asked about it? Yeah, amazing, cool. amazing, right? And this is the first time I've been I've spoke about it in public. It's like legit secret still, right? Wow! Um, so, so this is hot, hot news, guys. Hot, hot news <laughs> off the presses. <laughs> so my ideal client has always been a woman, right? And I now know the reason it's always been a woman is because in my experience of working in the patriarchal corporate world. Uh, my experience of working with men has not been that positive. You know, I've often been underpaid in comparison to the man. It's been very competitive and cutthroat, generally the man winning. Um, I've had, you know, sexual passes from bosses uh, just because, you know, that's a way to get to the top. And I just hate that system so much. I find it very disempowering for a woman. And I was really, I loved how I could just be myself and I didn't have to worry if somebody thought I was being a tease or a flirt or, you know, I wasn't going to, I could say what I wanted and I wouldn't be ridiculed and put down because I was in a safe sisterhood of other women who got it, right? And that, that has been a beautiful, safe place for us all to, to grow and develop the brand. But what I realized literally a week or so ago um, is that a lot of the values that Primal Alternative is built around and that I really hold close to my heart, like um, collaboration, non-competition, communication, and, and working together in an ethical business, not cutthroat, you know, stand on someone to get to the top. Ugh, I hate all of that. I want it to grow and be it to be a co-creation. And I just realized that all of those values they're not gendered. They're not gendered. They're not just feminine qualities. And the reason that I had this kind of misconception is because for capitalism to work, those a lot of the values like get to the top, grow quickly, hit the ground running, expand, grow. You know, doesn't matter if you, whose toes you stand on to get there, do it. That's sort of been um, made to be um, like masculine because it was uh, the you know seen as the better way to do and, and to be successful. And therefore these other less you know, desirable qualities became feminine, but only at that time. And that it's, I keep talking about a feminine way to work and it's bullshit. It's not gendered at all. And you know, when you just, it, I was having a conversation with one of my um, kind of ment, uh, sort of mastermindy besties and she made the epiphany, had the epiphany that, you know, these, these qualities are not gendered. They've just been gendered in, you know, through the, through the patriarchal system. And I'm like, holy shit. And you don't just have this big, like, I literally felt something fall away from me. It was, it was that, that's how I would describe it. 
And I'm not joking when I say the next day a guy booked in for an interview. That's um, so cool. And I'm not joking. It's I so love cool. to. I, I the, always get scoops on these interviews, and I'm I'm very pleased that I now have a scoop. That's a scoop. And you know, like in the past, I've had a couple of guys book in. I've been, oh no, a guy's booked in. Oh my god, what am I going to do? It's not. And they've always cancelled. They've all they've not shown mm-hmm. up for the interview. And it's because energetically, I wasn't aligned with having guys working in the primal alternative business. But now that I've dissolved that bullshit story that was running, this guy, you know, he, he booked in, Jim, he's called, he booked in for an interview. I met him yesterday. He's absolutely the perfect fit. And I think that, you know, the world has changed a lot. I am in 2020. And there's a lot of guys now, as well as women, who are finding themselves either out of work or, you know, wanting to do more stuff from home because they've had that opportunity to be working remotely and working from home and they don't want to go back into the office, right? It just seems crazy all driving into this very small central business district to all work, you know, in in high-rise offices all on top of each other, breathing recycled air and drinking toxic water and all the fumes of the city. Like, it's just crazy when it's now been proven we can all work from home. And I now see that, you know, this, this Primalista um, business model was so well set up for this pandemic. We were, we were so well set up. Nobody has suffered in the Primal Alternative community through this pandemic because we work from home. We trade electronically. Um, you know, food is an essential industry. If anything, people's businesses have increased because people are more focused on health. And so now for me to create this opportunity for people to do something that they want to do, get involved with a brand that people already know about and want to buy, it's just perfect timing. And for men and women, oh, my goodness. Well, I love that on many, many levels. And I've I've mentioned it three times now. I'm pleased that I got the scoop. But also from that gender point of view, I mean, as, as women and men from a gender point of view, we both have masculine, feminine traits. And I think what it comes down to is people are either assholes or dickheads or they're awesome humans. And when it comes down to that is I know that you want to work with awesome humans as, as do I. So that's, that's a very cool shift in, in the business model H and I look forward to seeing it explode further as I know, as I know it will because of that. Which is very cool. One of the things you mentioned, which I'd I'd love to uh, to ask you, is how how often have you had to dissolve bullshit stories throughout your business journey? Because I think that that's something that often is the limiting. Some might call it limiting beliefs. I would think bullshit stories is a great way of, of, of. There's a program there we can roll it out together. How to bust your bullshit stories? Um, that's trademark now, folks who are listening. Um, but is that. Is that how often do you find yourself doing that or is that something that happens less and less now? Oh my God. Every day. Oh my God. Like it's there. You know, there's some, there's some stories that, you know, some bullshit stories, limiting beliefs, things that hold you back. Basically the thing that you think I'm going to do this. And then the instant thought that comes in, Oh, you can't do that. Right. And so initially there was a really big story for me that, Rich people are wankers. That was that was it. It came out like a venomous. It felt like a snake coming out of my mouth. Was, rich people are wankers. You know, like that's the reason I can't do this business because if I do this business, I'll become rich and then I'll be a wanker. Like I can't. I can't do that. And that was. It might sound crazy, but that was the thing that was holding me back. 
and when you it, when you think about how many um, lives this this idea has touched in terms of whether it's customers or whether you know it's customers' kids who are finally eating something nourishing and swapping out crappy food for good food, um, or whether it's you know somebody who's got their own business and they're like plowing through their own bullshit stories because they've got this, they're doing it with a community of other women who are also plowing through their bullshit stories of what they're capable of. Like who am I not to share this idea with the world? I mean, that's the thing that I think is a, is a good way to, to try to turn it back on yourself and say, never mind, should you do it? Who are you not to do it? So there's been some big stories along the way around, you know, I don't have the right body to be in the health food industry. You know, I'm too fat. I'm not thin enough. You know, that's usual. I can just say them without any shame or embarrassment because I know that these are commonly held uh, stories for a lot of people, especially women. Um, also, I'm from the Northeast. So my accent um, means that I'm poor poor and stupid so you know if i it would be a lot harder for me to do this in the uk to launch to you know people who talk like the queen because they think well who who is she she's she's from the wrong class you know she she's from the wrong background she doesn't know she's she's you know not good enough essentially and all yeah so being a woman being from the northeast from a working class background you know i felt like i had quite a lot of stories to dissolve so so those are the some of the bigger ones but what I find now, and this is uh, something I've learned from Dr. D, uh, Dr. John D. Martini, which I know you're aware of his work as well, is that it's actually, it's actually a good thing to see both sides of, of, of everything. So if you're looking at just chasing the good bits, like, oh, it's going to be so liberating, I'm going to have my own business, I'm going to work from home, I'm going to meet all these cool people, get to hang out with Dr. M at the Wellness Summit, it's going to be amazing! Like, that's just chasing a fantasy. Like, if you're just chasing the positive or you just want to be a positive person, then you're denying half of who you are because we've all got positive and negative, good and bad, kind and mean. We've got, you know, at a soul level, we are complete. We've got all the human traits within us, right? And I think that when you can see both sides of something and think, right, well, you know, there are going to be financial risks and there's going to be you know, in, you know person, personal risks and there's going to be all these things that could go wrong, when you look at both sides and see it as a whole, you can then be aware of the potential disadvantages and do your best to mitigate that risk. And so I actually think that, you know, what we call our upper, upper limits or bullshit stories, what it is, it's actually our intuition just trying to get us to see both sides of the story so that when you can see the both sides, that's when you come into your authenticity, your true alignment. Um, and it's a much more transcended place to come from or transcended way of looking at things. I love it. I was sense. just about I was just about to to mention the beauty of being in a transcendent mind rather than an imminent mind is is huge and God, we are so overdue for a, a glass of wine and a catch up because I have a feeling <laughs> we're on the same path yet again, which is always always fun. And it's been a bit over twelve months since we had uh, dinner together in Sydney. Actually, you messaged me. My mum happened to be in hospital in Sydney at the time. I was still living down the coast, and our schedules happened to align, uh, and mm. I was. It was actually uh, our dinner together, as well as mum being in hospital at the time, that helped. Uh, it was that night when I drove home and I literally had a WTF moment as I was driving back into the suburb I used to live in down the south coast going, what the fuck am I still living down here for when my, my future life 
is not here. And, uh, and I definitely credit our, our evening together as part of that because it's those moments of inspiration when we're surrounded by people that are heading in the same path. And our, it gives us that ability to be able to transcend from the, what we're in to be able to see all the different sides so we can take the next right step, which I love. Before we go today, H, I really want to ask you about what does a perfect day look like? Because we've heard lots about your business and about how awesome it is and the impact it makes. But one of the things that I love to talk to entrepreneurs about is what does your perfect day look like? Because people that are listening might think, oh, I've got to stand on one foot for the entire day humming Kumbaya. Um, but what does your perfect day look like? What time do you get up? What is, what is utop- a utopic day, normal day of the week look like for you? Oh, well, I can answer this one because I do spend a lot of time in meditation visualising my perfect day and how I want it to look. And what I think is quite interesting as well about the, um, the journey to being aligned is working out what you actually want versus what you think you should want or what mm-hmm. they told you you should really want. Um, but before I answer that question, I just want to say, no, thank you. Like, I'm so glad that you credit our cool night out at that really trendy place. I've never been anywhere so trendy <laughs> restaurant that you took me to and they were playing all these 80s songs from my childhood and I was having such a good time. It was so much fun. And I was like, I'm really like in this really cool city with my cool bar with my cool friend. It was really good. And, and you're right. I think that um, it's really important, the people that you surround yourself with and the people that you share your big dreams with because like you know like I said at the beginning if anyone is or you know if you if you shared your stories with Nelson said oh it's a bit risky selling your practice and moving starting again ooh am dangerous you know you might you know like that could have affected things mm. so it's really cool to be have those people around you that you can share the big dreams with that aren't going to just piss piss all over them basically um, agreed 100% agree Thank you. So, okay, so my ideal day, right? Well, I wake up uh, about quarter past six and uh, with cuddles from my gorgeous hunk of a husband. And then we get up and we always have a family breakfast. Breakfast and dinner are really uh, important bookmarks and coming together times for our family because we're really all very independent. And so the kids all go off to school and Mike goes off. He's got his own business as well. He goes off to work. I work from home. I absolutely adore stillness, silence, and solitude. Um, and I have a couple of days a week that are on stage days like this, where there's lots of talking and um, it's a good day for Facebook lives and videos and interviews. And then the other days I don't talk at all. And it's a really an off stage day. I don't wear makeup. I don't wear a bra. I have really comfy, <laughs> elasticated waist pants on and I do my project work. Oh, the image that you've stuff. just created. Sexy. <laughs> Sexy. Look out world. I, <laughs> look out world. And I always have, a, I'll always take an hour off for lunch and I'll have my lunch and usually meditate. So that'll be uh, either lying down in bed or lying in the sun if it's sunny, which it normally is in Australia. And then back to work for the afternoon. The kids will come home. We'll have something delicious for dinner. One of the things I do outsource is some of the cooking. So I have a cook that um, makes delicious, nutritious meals. We put them in the freezer and then I just heat them up and go, da-da! And uh, that's really good because I love real food, but cooking real food from scratch every freaking day is a nightmare. So I like to outsource. I outsource my mayonnaise. I outsource my bone broth. I outsource my sauerkraut. 
I, I don't even make any of the primal alternative products anymore because I, I just don't feel it's the best use of my time. So I buy the products from our local. Hope you get a good rate. I, they, they sell to me at wholesale price, which is pretty good. Some of them, <laughs> some of them feel like they can't sell it to me at all because it's my recipe, and I'm like, you need to work on your money blocks. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you turn it into a coaching session. <laughs> yeah, everything's a coachable moment. Um, so yeah, then it'll be you know uh, feet up. Um, tonight it'll be dancing. I love dancing at Zumba. Um, but other nights it's just yeah, a glass of champagne in the spa with the sexy husband or it'll be, yeah, just, you know, feet up, quick scroll on Instagram, go to bed at, I don't know, anything between half eight, nine, 9.30. And that is my perfect day. I love it. And I love, I love how you describe your sexy hubby too, because I think it's an area that sometimes we get into traps where we're talking about our loved ones and our partners where it's like, oh yeah, him versus actually having that joy and enthusiasm or her, uh, that joy and enthusiasm about the the person that we wake up next to. I, I love that about how you're describing Mike H. It's very cool. Um, you know, hang on, just on that, M, I was yeah. really, you know, I was really worried um, when I was doing a lot of rapid personal growth. I was really worried that we were going to grow apart. Mm-hmm. And I was also really worried about my bestie as well that I've been besties with for 10 years because she doesn't understand online. She's not online. She's a, she's a gardener. She's got her hands in the earth. That's, you know, she's, she, she doesn't, she's like, I don't understand what you do. I don't get it. I can't keep up. And I was like, oh no, I'm going to like grow apart from the two people I love the most, you know? Um, so I made a real commitment to up level together is what my husband calls it. We can up level together. He's a Kiwi. We can up level together, Gil. So, um, yeah, so that's what we've made a commitment to do. And, and that, that for me involves having a lot of time for conversation around what's going on in my business, what I'm doing, what ahas I've had, that epiphany about the genders, the qualities. I share all of that with him. So he's on this journey with me. And setting that time aside, I find that in relationships, it's so easy just to switch the tally on, not to talk. Um, but yeah, having those, those conversations and keeping in touch. So like on, on like a a mental level, but as well as making time for intimacy and date nights and getting out from the family house and doing stuff. And having sex. Yes. Having sex. It's so important. And I love what you said. Well, having sex is very important, but I also love that you said that, that commitment to up leveling together, because it doesn't always happen. Uh, I'm prime example of that in terms of my personal life where just directions did go in different different uh pathways and so I, I love that that's that's been so successful and that you continue to do it and the enthusiasm of which you speak about it, h and i know that you live as well is inspiring and uh it in itself i'm sure up levels the people around you and it comes we probably need to do another interview we're not going to get through it all today but in terms of the vibration that you're creating and then the people around you that are resonating at so crucial uh particularly as your business scales and it's getting bigger broader and more international which again is super freaking cool it's one of the many reasons i love that you are part of my sphere as i said we could we could talk all day i love your perfect day it's a very cool perfect day but we we might have to find a time down the track to do another interview but before we go as always at the end of my interviews i have to ask you your top five which is what what music or song is on high rotation at the moment h Oh, it's so embarrassing. Oh, I'm really, I wish I could be one of those cool people that like, you know, says a really cool Australian muso. But really, I just love, um, you know, like step class music and (laughs) music. So 
I like get, I get a Zumba and I get the songs in my head. So I Shazam them when I'm at Zumba. And then so I'm literally, you know, trying to sing the words to some Spanish Latino. <laughs> but to be honest, I, I'm not a big music listener because I do get overly excited by music. So I don't have a lot of music on. If I'm in the car, uh, driving around, which I do quite a lot, I'll probably be talking. I'll be voxering one of my mates or WhatsApping, uh, messaging one of my like business besties. Um, that's what I would prefer to do over listening to music, to be honest. Well, well, next time you're in Sydney, when we can actually travel around Australia, at the time of this recording, borders are still shut and you are definitely stuck in WA and I ain't visiting because we're not allowed in yet as a New South Welsh person. Um, but next time you're in Sydney, I'll take you to Bodega, which is my new favourite spot, which only pretty much plays 80s music age. So you'll be, you'll be in your, uh, in oh, your plan. Yeah. little bit of 80s and 90s. You'll, you'll love it. It's next level. But I, I, I digress. I could talk about that all day. What are you reading at the moment? Or are you listening to audio? books or do you read or listen to audiobooks? Oh my god, I, I seriously, I, I'm a Gemini, I'm a manifesting generator, I only have got a very short attention span and books just seem like a waste of time. I know that so many people are going to go, oh, that's terrible, you can't say such a thing, but I'd rather listen to a podcast and get a, a snapshot of the um, of what it is they're talking about because you can say everything about your concept in a podcast. So I'd much rather listen to that than a book. But having said that, I do love an audio book if they're really good. And I'm currently listening to Everything is Figureoutable by Marie Folio because I just did her uh, B-School earlier this year and also her Copy Cure. Um, so I'm a bit Marie obsessed. So that's ah, what girl. I'm listening to. Fan, fan girl, nothing wrong with that. Um, mm. In terms of what have you done this week to, to align you to decompress de-stress? Is there, there something in particular that either is a regular thing for you or you did a bit different over the last week? Yeah, it's all kind of regular. I'm a bit of a, you know what we talked, you were mentioning earlier, Em, about, you know, um, sometimes you have to be a little bit more strict on a protocol to get sort of the pendulum swinging back again. But for me, I've like found the things that work really well for me and I just kind of stick to it because then it's a, that's a, you don't have to think about it. There's no decision fatigue at all. So I have something, you know, yummy to decompress every day. So whether it's, you know, lying in the sun, snuggling with my husband or I have regular massages, um, walks where we live, we live on a hundred acres of wilderness um, on the South coast of Western Australia. So I can just leave my house and go for a, an hour walk in nature down by the river and um, gets right on my doorstep. So that kind of thing, that's, it's a constant, it's an everyday, it's like, a, it's like, it's like having a meal for me, you know, it's like nourishment, <laughs> nature. <laughs> so that's it, what I've it. done. What's up, have you got a favourite quote? I have lots of sayings and, but the two quotes, I was thinking, oh, which one will I say? But I have two quotes. You can have both if you um, like. I'm going to read them both that are, on my desk so that's good because you know you know when you you're gonna do it anyway yeah you get it wrong yeah so so there's two and they're both by gay hendrix from the big leap which was a really good book in my journey and it the first one is i commit to living in my zone of genius now and forever which is why um you'll never catch me cleaning a toilet anymore because um that's just my zone of competence and somebody else loves to do that and i employ them to do it instead and um my other one is i expand in in abundance success and love every day as i inspire those around me to do the same love it and 
Would you like to add anything as far as final thoughts are concerned for the Aligned You listeners, H? I just think whatever that thing is that you want to do, just do it. Like what's the worst that could happen? Or maybe you're already doing the thing, but you know that you need to go at that next step. Just do it. Love it. I love you. I love your realness. I love your enthusiasm and joy for life. H, I hope the listeners are as energised as I am from getting the opportunity to hang out with you for the time that we've had today. Thank you so much for your time and scheduling me in that schedule of yours because it's always an absolute pleasure to be in contact with you and uh, I'm really looking forward to getting to see you in person when we get a chance. Likewise, and right back at you, Em, seriously, um, You've said everything that I think it's the same about you and I love you heaps too. And we will get together one day soon. We'll go for that dance in that 80s nightclub. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Love you, H. And that's it for this week. Aligned you listeners, bye for now and I'll catch you next time. And that's it for today's episode, Aligned You listeners. Remember to hit the five-star ratings and share today's episode with your friends. And be sure to join our collective on Facebook and Instagram at Aligned You. Look forward to catching you next time. The information shared on Aligned You podcast is of general nature and for information purposes only. It is not specific medical or personal advice. You should seek assistance from your healthcare practitioner for your individual circumstances. Any information provided doesn't imply endorsement or third-party devices or products and cannot provide you with health and medical advice.